0: CG Media presents High Tech Sunday. On today's episode of High Tech Sunday, our host, Dr. Mark Vaughn, sits down with the President and CEO of Advancing Synergy and co-founder of Health Tech Alley, Dr. Arty Patel Veranasi, for a conversation on curiosity in action, aligning passion, skills, and knowledge. Up first is Corning Incorporated's Manager of Technical Talent Pipelining, Dr. Mark Vaughan. Next, our esteemed guest, Dr. Ardi Patel Varanasi. Dr. Varanasi has over 25 years combined experience in cancer research, advocacy, capacity building, public health, and project management, and maintains close ties to the medical, public health, and research community. Advancing Synergy served as the technology partner on a grant awarded to Mercy Medical Center in Baltimore, Maryland, from Susan G. Komen for the cure to provide virtual, personalized support to women undergoing breast cancer treatment through an innovative technology. Artie co-founded Health Tech Alley to deliver on the promise of health tech for all by serving healthcare organizations in providing quality and affordable healthcare. Dr. Varanasi serves as the chair for many health, entrepreneurial, and technology communities in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. And, without further delay, High Tech Sunday, featuring Dr. Mark Vaughan.
1: Well, thank you so much for that great introduction, Brandon, and welcome everyone to another episode of High Tech Sunday. It's great to have you with us as always, and we appreciate you carving out some time to be part of what we are certain will be another really engaging conversation. When you think about curiosity and action, really, that's what high tech is all about. People had uh, something on their minds that they wanted to learn more about and see how it might be able to improve people's lives. And we are certainly going to be caught up in that very notion today as we have the opportunity to engage Dr. Artie Patel Varanasi. Good afternoon. How are you?
2: I am good. And it's great to be here with you all today. And want to thank Brandon for that kind introduction. And thank you, Dr. Vaughn, for being the host. And I'm really excited about our conversation and Really appreciate the invitation to engage in this conversation with you all.
1: Awesome. Well, we are looking forward to having uh, the chance to kind of just get to know you a little bit better and then find out about your passions as they pertain to this curiosity and action and the alignments that are associated with it. But to kind of level set, want to take you on an elevator ride. And while we are going up to the top level, let's say we're, we're uh, at the campus where I work. So you only got six floors uh, to go from the bottom floor to the top. Of on our tallest building. So in your elevator conversation, could you tell us a little bit about your background? How would you answer the question, just who is Artie Patel Varanasi?
2: Yeah, so I, I guess this is a short elevator ride, not too long. So, <laughs> you know, I am the child of immigrants from India and um You know, grew up actually in the Midwest and then lived in the South for a bit and now living in Maryland right and through that journey. Had many different experiences, but was always curious and I think my strongest foundation is as a scientist and uh, and we'll get more into that later, but. Always had this insight into what was happening in the community right and that led me to a background in public health and a lot of what I'm doing now. So in a, in a nutshell, I'm also a mom and a daughter and an educator and a lot of other hats and just, you know. So I don't know if that's the end of our elevator ride, but that's a little <laughs> bit of who I am and you know, kind of what drives me every day.
1: That was great. And and so we, we, we uh, got to the top floor and then we were heading back down, so. Okay. <laughs> Uh, So you said something really interesting I picked up on. You said that even from your early days as a child, you were curious. And so we're talking about curiosity and action today. So that seems like a thread that has woven through your life experience. And so, uh, like you said, we're going to cover that ground in a bit more intentional detail. But let's continue to get to know you. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about your professional background and, and how did you get to the path that you're on? When did you know that that was going to be the career for you?
2: So, you know, I don't think I ever, you know, and I've I've thought about this because I've been asked this question before, necessarily guided by a career per se. I mean, I think when I was younger, you know, I was always interested in science and kind of how things worked and um, just from the culture that I grew up in and, you know, also interested in helping those around me was often uh, found myself in the role of a caregiver, you know, kind of lending, you know, science, medical advice, and had, you know, some individuals in our family, my uncle and an aunt, um, one who's a scientist and one who's a physician. And my father was also had some um, different health conditions when I was growing up. So kind of find myself in that role. So I think, you know, loving science I automatically assumed or thought and aspired to going to medical school and yeah, and and had that aspiration. Unfortunately, it didn't pan out that way, right? So I then looked for other opportunities. I was really active in research and starting in high school, so participated in science fairs and that continued through undergraduate. And so when I got to that point of having not been accepted to medical school, Look for other opportunities and decided to apply for a graduate program at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, where I also did my undergrad and at the time I was working in a laboratory at the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences. And my advisors there encouraged me to do so, and so I did, and I started out in a master's program and then you know things don't always work out like you want, so I applied to medical school again it didn't work out. And honestly, I became disillusioned with the process and then was like, you know what I'm going to follow through and get my PhD and that's what I did. And that just opened up a world of opportunities and as I was doing my PhD work, it was focused on lung cancer and really understanding the molecular underpinnings of lung cancer and the genetics and you know I I mentioned I was an environmental health institute so had a very holistic approach to health and you know how does the environment affect our health right and as many individuals know you know the environment so smoking um, use of tobacco products and other environmental exposures strongly tied to lung cancer but there's also you know those individuals who get lung cancer who never were exposed to any of those things and that's what we were trying to figure out in the lab right like how does this work so we had used animal models and looked at um human samples but as i was writing my dissertation i became really drawn to the public health impacts and was curious right about like where, where does how does this all piece together because it wasn't a field that i had been overtly exposed to just through learnings and what ends up evolving into to a lot the work i'm doing now it ties a lot into what you know we call now as the social determinants of health I didn't know what that was back then, but I knew something wasn't right. And I knew there was a public health component to it. Right. So it's like, what, how can we solve this puzzle? How can we make sure that people don't develop lung cancer? Right. And so I had an opportunity or any cancer for that matter, any chronic disease. And I mentioned my father earlier, he um, suffered from heart disease. And I saw in his care that there were challenges of access to care, not necessarily for him always sometimes, but also other individuals that were being cared for in the same environment as him. I didn't know that what that was called at that time either. But um, you know, when I applied to medical school, one of the strongest elements in my statement, and I still remember this because it's actually what I'm doing today. I thought medical school was a path to achieve it, but I had always loved research and I mentioned being in the lab, and looking to see how can we take what we learn in research and connecting it to primary care? Because that's where I saw that individuals were being most challenged, that they weren't getting the support they needed through their primary care physician. So how do we connect those dots? Realized later, it's a whole field of health services research. It's a lot of what public health focuses on, but in my, I guess, formal education up to that point, hadn't been exposed to it, right? ties in to questions of equity and all that. So my professional background took me from the aspiration of going to medical school, but really broadened that from getting my research focused PhD in the lab. And I love being in the lab, but it pulled me out of that into an area of um, applied for a fellowship, able to get a master's in public health and pulled me into an area of technology. Right. So my first job after finishing My postdoctoral fellowship was actually the health IT company where I really had no business being there because I didn't have a background in computer science or developing technologies, but what I did have a background in was science and being able to speak the language of science and public health and what this company was looking for was essentially a liaison somebody who could speak the science, but then also work with the technologists to be that gap. To make sure the products that they were developing were things that actually individuals were going to use, so I kind of forged a whole new path for myself that I didn't even envision would have been an opportunity. And funny story, I wish you know you always wish you listened to your parents, right? Like after you're too old and you're like you know ex- like what they were saying was actually right. And my dad, he was an electrical engineer, and it always said you know you should take more computer science classes and do more. Because I'm like, no, I'm not interested in that stuff. And here I was in a health technology company working with computer scientists.
1: And so, wow, you gave us. A lot to unpack. You said some nuggets in there, and 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 every time we have a, an episode of High Tech Sunday, I actually try to capture what I call are the headlines. Uh, and there were a number of headlines that you shared with us, uh, and I want to kind of drill them all the way back to that whole curiosity question. But first. Um, you said something, uh, or you demonstrated something, uh, you said that, you know, I went down this pathway and it didn't work out. And so I tried another pathway, and then I went back to the, the original pathway and it didn't work out again. So I got a little dejected with the process, but you said, I'm, you know what, I'm not going to lay down and just call it quits you found another way to actually land to what your purpose actually is uh, and so that speaks to perseverance that speaks to tenacity uh, and that really does speak to discipline because you know how it is when you're trying to um, you know find a door that will open or a window that will you can push up you keep trying until uh, you, you get into the next room so to speak and so uh, that perseverance I think speaks volumes but it also I think loops back to curiosity and so, Uh, I want to ask a question kind of connected to that, but before there was something else that you said, (laughs) you mentioned the culture that you grew up in. And uh, on High Tech Sunday, uh, as you might imagine, uh, we, we do speak a lot about the influence of spirituality on people's journey and often our spirituality is connected to our culture uh, and the experiences that we had in our youth can you speak to how spirituality has informed or impacted your journey along the way
2: yeah so i grew up as i mentioned you know my parents i'm the child of immigrants my parents grew up in india and um you know so i grew up in the hindu faith but very much so in, and, you know, for those who may be familiar, we don't necessarily, um, you know, oftentimes people have like a small temple or an altar in their home where they pray and do things. It's, it's very individual and in, in kind of the path you choose. And so one of the things that's at the core is centered around, you know, and how would I say this? I mean, I think it's very spiritual in the sense of, and how my parents brought us up of um, giving back and supporting others, right? And so I can remember, um, you know, growing up, you know, I would go with other friends to church, or, you know, we would, you know, celebrate other faiths. And, you know, my parents were always like, this is how we believe, you know, we all believe in a higher being and how you, you know, we each kind of live our daily lives is what's important. Yeah, I'll, I'll just stop there because I'm going to get emotional. But it, you know, it is emotional because it's tied to your being, right? And how you live your life. And, you know, I think that that spirituality piece, however, it kind of, it plays out differently for different people. But to me, it's about having faith, right? And that there is a greater purpose. Sometimes we don't um, see things happen for a reason. I do believe that um and you know you you said it and you picked up those nuggets of perseverance and resilience and in those times when you feel like you may not have been successful when you're working towards something it's challenging right but knowing that you can get through it and um to kind of um close that loop a little bit you know i didn't pursue my dream of going to medical school But I have um, been able to support many students who have been students of mine um, through, I I think I said I also wear a hat of an educator. I teach in a master's in biotechnology program at Johns Hopkins University. And through that, I've had the opportunity to support and mentor um, several students whose aspirations have been to realize their dreams of going to medical school. helping them a little bit on that path. So yeah, so sorry for getting emotional, but it's, you <laughs> no, know, I think that... these are things that are very near and dear to my heart.
1: Absolutely, and, and uh, I think that we can feel the real, you know what I mean? Uh, that it's not just something uh, that is an appendage to you, it's part of you. And uh, so uh, thank you for for sharing that part of you with us, uh, because it is important. And it's really cool to hear you say that you are not only paying it forward, but in a, in a way your legacy is already being impacting on the people who have come after you Uh, and so that is such a big deal but again we're talking about something that you are passionate about and that is not only being curious but curiosity and action aligning passion and skills and knowledge and so we're curious why Are you curious? Why did you want to talk about that? Um, why Why is curiosity so important?
2: Well, I think it's, you know, it's important to have questions, right? And to want to know more about what's happening and to be able to connect those dots, right? Because I think, well, you know, at any point in time you look in history, there's so many different things going on, but just not kind of staying in your own silo, right? Asking those questions you know, getting out there and understanding how we can best support each other, right. And so that's why I picked this topic of curiosity is because I think it is at it least more, you know, and there, there are many quotes that you can Google on curiosity and different things. But, you know, I think there's an element of creativity in there as well. There's um, elements of exploration, right, and being able to understand. And part of it, uh, you know, sometimes when I talk about curiosity, it's in the sense of wanting to know more information also. Right? So for, you know, even if we bring it to the context of an individual who maybe receives uh, unexpected health diagnoses, right? So, you know, being curious in the sense to ask the questions, to understand what your diagnosis is, or if it's for a loved one, you know, are there certain things that you can do to support them as they go through this process? And what resources are out there to for that you know support system so that that's kind of why I chose the um, the title, and you know I see curiosity is not a one point in time thing but actually a. Um, an evolution, if you will right of one question leading to another question to another question I always say you know, and this is the scientist part of me like you answer one question, but then you have 10 more questions right so like. You can't answer them all at once, but like, how are you going to go do this systematically, kind of, to get to kind of the next next step? And I think it's part of being innovative, also, right? And finding new solutions to challenges and issues we all face, whether it's, you know, and as an individual or as a community, we can go, you know, more globally as well.
1: I think that that is really, really important to think about the evolution uh, that you spoke of because sometimes I think that we, um, if we're not careful, we think that because we got an answer that that's the end of the journey. But like you said, it usually leads to more questions. And uh, when you are considering the whole The 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 dynamic of curiosity, uh, like you said, it does start with a question I was in a a meeting this morning and someone asked, what do you look for in a ideal candidate for this program? And the answer I always give is someone who, regardless of their background, regardless of their skill set, regardless of their experience. Someone who is curious, especially in the technology space, someone who is technically curious. And so this, this topic is just one that resonates with me so strongly and, and it clearly does with you as well. And when you are thinking about the role that curiosity has played in your own life, in your experience, how can your curiosity help you find your passion?
2: You know I think at our core and we might not be able to put into words but you have a sense of maybe what you're passionate about right and mm-hmm. then that kind of grows and blossoms as you get you get exposed to you know other areas right so it's almost as one fuels the other I think right so the curiosity kind of uh, enables you to ask those questions or explore right in ways that are productive and. And then you know to kind of take a step back and evaluate is this really something that gives me that charge right that I can get behind and be be passionate about right and then. Um, you know that ties in and going back to the title Brandon shared you know aligning your passion with your skills and knowledge so sometimes. You may be really passionate about something but you don't necessarily have the skills or knowledge yet to do that now are those things that you can acquire. Or is, are they things that you just don't have an aptitude for? So maybe you have to shift a little bit, right? Or maybe sometimes the powers that be or like, you know, institutions make some of those decisions for you, right? Like I shared earlier about my aspirations to go to medical school. It didn't pan out in the way that I had envisioned, but that didn't take away my passion. I just yeah. had to find a new approach, getting those skills and knowledge so I could align my passion with that, right? And never in my wildest imagination would i have thought i would have ended up at a technology company right that would be using technology to leverage limited health resources and really enable individuals to achieve better health right That that was kind of the the root of it and you know the root of when i founded advancing synergy and i know we're going to get into that conversation later but it was that core belief in being able to, I guess, do better and want better. And, you know, and that's where I kind of see the passion tying in with the curiosity. So hopefully that answered your question. I know I went around the
1: back. No, it did. And and again, the headline, you said something there that was very powerful. And, and I think that, uh, so my capture, uh, you said the pathway didn't determine your passion. Uh, so even though the pathway, if you will, um, changed, your passion didn't. Uh, And that is key. Uh, So oftentimes, I think that uh, we we, we may be tempted to compromise in the area of our passion when we have what may look like in the moment uh, a setback or it may look like, you, you name what the word is, a rejection or uh, a marginalization. Uh, and we can decide that, you know what, I'm going to be who they say I am. But when your passion is the thing that is priority, uh, like you said, you will find a way to continue to pursue it. So I think that that is really, really a strong advice for any of us. But here's the deal. Uh, you are pretty unique in that you have this STEM, this scientific background, and then you decided at some point to be uh, what I call a serial entrepreneur. Uh, so we we know that from the introduction, you've got uh, President and CEO, advancing synergy, co-founder of Health Tech Alley. How did your curiosity factor into making that transition from scientist, which I know you 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 never actually leave that? Uh, yeah. It informs what you do. But how did you make that transition from scientist to entrepreneur?
2: Yeah, and you know, I I never again. It's like none of this was necessarily planned out in my head, right? But kind of being in, in situations where there was an opportunity. So even, and it's interesting that you mentioned being a serial entrepreneur, because I never had thought of myself in that way necessarily, but my entrepreneurship, I guess, beginnings actually go back even earlier when I was in graduate school and I was involved in helping to start through my graduate career and then postdoctoral fellowship starting three different organizations co-founding not just starting on my own but with other graduate students postdoctoral fellows and the um i guess administration that supported us but really founding three different organizations that focus on the professional development and growth of graduate students and postdoctoral fellows and giving them a voice in their careers and so for those who are in the stem field they may recognize some of this or may be familiar with the National Podoc- Postdoctoral Association, which is a national organization. It's been around for 20 years now, but that was co-founded by myself and um, six other postdocs. And so we had this idea at the time, postdocs didn't really have a voice, they were at the mercy of their institution, so to speak, and in some cases that that's still true, but there was no national organization for them. So we're like, we need to do something. So we did. And so we came together as advocates, not really knowing necessarily what we were doing, but we had an idea, we had that passion, we were curious, what could we do, right? And so long story short, we obtained a grant, a half a million dollar grant from the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation to found this national organization, which continues to exist today. And and I'm proud to say that, and it's amazing, it's evolved into an actually an organization that also helps to support on um, postdoctoral offices right and so it opened up a whole new career path for individuals and places in institutions where they could support the efforts of and work of postdoctoral fellows. And so you know how did I end up as an entrepreneur, it was finding a need and then seeing how you could fulfill it right and so starting advancing synergy was exactly that I had been now working in this. Health tech space for a few years and felt like some of the organizations where I was working in the corporate world that my hands were tied. What I really wanted to do was to be able to work with the community and how we and to see how we could leverage technology solutions to improve their health. And Brandon is an introduction mentioned one of our earlier projects with Mercy Medical Center where we were working with low income breast cancer patients to make sure that they got the information they needed. To get through their breast cancer treatment, because having access to that treatment wasn't enough. The access didn't guarantee adherence, and in order to reap the benefits of the research that had been done, right, like the stuff I was doing in the lab, you needed to have that advocacy and support adherence to long term, you know, treatment and care, and that that wasn't necessarily happening. So it's not just about, you know, having the tools or the access is about knowing how to engage and use those tools, right? And I didn't know all these terms, but I knew that there were gaps. Right. And and I mentioned earlier I love being in the lab, right? And I still today, to this day, when I walk into lab, I get goosebumps because I think it's just so cool, all the gadgets and stuff. But I knew with my personality I was too impatient. I'm like, I don't know if what I'm doing in the lab, it could benefit somebody in 20 years, but we have things now that can benefit people right now. right? So that was the premise behind advancing synergy. How do we connect those dots? How do we advance synergy? And then Health Tech Alley, we founded, co-founded um, myself and two other individuals last year with the idea of how can we really make sure that all individuals have access to the health tech and coming at it from a nonprofit lens. Right. So again, it was just coming together in that space and saying, okay, we need to do something more and then just doing it. So, you know, I think I have said before, I didn't really look to be an entrepreneur necessarily. It kind of found me in these yeah. in opportunity, right? Like there was opportunity. I was like, okay, you can do this. And I think that's that curiosity piece and not just saying, okay, well, you know, where is this going to go or whatever. Okay, let's explore this. Let's see what's going to happen. And, you know, I also talk about doing calculated risks, right? So I want to acknowledge my family, like my husband saying, you know, I didn't just go off and like invest all of my savings into doing this. There are calculated risks. And, you know, fortunately he has a full-time job and, you know, can kind of support. So as, you know, funds come in and go, like, you know, there's a steady background. So, you know, not necessarily advocating that everybody just kind of let every, you know, you, you gotta be smart about these things too and think about, you know, the calculated risk or what can you do now? And then how can you build on it? Maybe it makes sense to go on it on your own. Maybe it makes sense to do with a group of people, you know, when and with Help Tech Alley, we were able to get a grant also to help fund that with the um, breast cancer project, we were able to get a grant. So, you know, where are there opportunities to kind of find some of your ideas and fuel your curiosity. So.
1: Exactly. And so uh, and again, this is uh, you're, you're kind of turning this into a master class on curiosity. And action. So that, <laughs> that's really great. Um, and so you said calculated risk. So I was teaching a class last night. You got to count up the cost. But you said calculated risk doesn't mean there's no risk. Uh, and so, if uh, but we, we also know the saying, no risk, no reward. And I'm glad that you touched on um, that quote that, that we uh, heard earlier. You didn't choose entrepreneurship in a sense, it chose you. But you said something that was really key. You said that you and your uh, colleagues saw a need. And then you thought about how could we help to address the need. And so that is taking it to that action point. A lot of times people see a need, we fuss and complain about it, we look the other way, we continue to do what we're doing, but we never stop to think about necessarily, maybe I can make this better. Uh, and it sounds like that's what you've kind of been doing. Uh, and, and you let the, the cat out of the bag, so to speak. It, this has been even since you were in grad school uh, that this was going on. Uh, so speaking of the cat, though, you know that there's the saying curiosity killed the cat. Yes. Uh, so, so tell us, can your curiosity harm you or get you into trouble? And what can you do to avoid that?
2: Right. And and certainly, I think that saying is there for a reason, right? And, you know, as I kind of um, talked about curiosity, you know, I think of it as kind of curiosity for good, or, you know, how curiosity with a purpose, right? So certainly not advocating to be curious about every single thing. And there are, you know, certain areas where it can harm you, right? Like if you too curious about certain behaviors or certain things where, you know so you have to be smart about it too but the element of the curiosity is is asking questions right but also being mindful of where it's leading you right it, it's not just uh, necessarily i would say free for all or whatever so i think you know that saying curiosity kill the cat has some um elements of of truth to it as does any sayings of being you know everything is um th- there are limits around things right but taking the good in what we do and you know exploring exploring that thread right so making sure that you're you know and kind of checking yourself along the way right and using that internal i guess um barometer if you will as well as externally right because sometimes we also may be thinking okay we're doing good but you're not being mindful of what else is happening around and i think that's that's really important too because we don't live in isolation right and so thinking, thinking about that, you know, and they're, you know, in this entrepreneurship journey too, you know, there've been times when I'm like, okay, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing this, even though I have a passion for it. If, um, you know, you still have to make ends meet and other things, but this is where I think some of my faith comes into play. Cause I kind of like, okay, you know, I have faith that this is going to work out. Right. And every time when I kind of get to that point, well, like you know, if things don't pan out with this project or this, I may have to consider looking for some other opportunities. And something ends up coming up, which is always kind of amazing to me, but it, it also has to do with planting those seeds, right? And and then connecting the, the dots kind of get connected at the right time, you know, when it's right for you. And sometimes as an individual, I may not see that, but there are things that are happening that are, fostering that right and it's about building relationships and that doesn't happen overnight right and so you know um continuing to you know while you may be leading with curiosity, but continue to kind of follow that thread so yeah so hopefully that answered your question and about that. oh it
1: did it did and it actually is a good segue into my next question because you said that the dots will eventually get connected at the right time and so that that prompted for me kind of uh, the the subtext of curiosity and action Uh, you speak of the alignment of passion and skill and knowledge and so talk to us about that what what is it that you mean when you talk about aligning your passion with skill and, and knowledge
2: yeah, so, you know, a great example is, you know, I love, I like, I love nature and I've always loved, you know, kind of watching um, like National Geographic and, you know, all of those things and kind of the photography, right? So, you know, maybe a, a dream job for me would be a photographer like National Geographic, you travel the world, get to take all these cool pictures, but the reality of it is, I don't think I really have the skill set to be a great, like one of those types of photographers or, you know, necessarily have the knowledge, maybe could, right? Like, but it's just, that's, that's could be a passion, but it doesn't really align with my skills and knowledge. Right. And that's fine. It could be a hobby or something else, but you know, when I talk about that alignment, that's what it is. So sometimes we have to dig deep into ourselves and be truthful with ourselves as to what is realistic, right? And so, you know, coming kind of back to, you know, what I'm doing now, with my passion, you know, some skills and knowledge that I may not have had because it was not part of my formal training was becoming more knowledgeable in some of the technology elements, right? So then that involves maybe doing some additional coursework to develop those skills or um, doing some learning on my own, working with individuals to learn from them, right? Because everything doesn't have to be a formal educational process. Um, one of, and I don't know if it was in my bio, one of the opportunities That I wasn't able to take advantage of when I was kind of I guess you know this seed for entrepreneurship was planted or kind of the idea of starting something new the National Science Foundation had launched a program that was designed to take individuals and it was actually um, called activate and UMBC had received this grant University of Maryland Baltimore County to um, bring in mid-level women so it was specifically focused on women were either um technologists scientists or had a business background right and marry them and helping them to launch technology-based businesses and so i was actually something like this but it was in person because it was way before COVID. but at a event where i was on a panel for postdoctoral fellows and at that event they had a, a i guess you know a fair of sorts where you could walk around and talk to different people this program was on display there and it really resonated with me. I was like, Oh, that sounds kind of cool. So it was kind of like a mini MBA without having to go to school and that and it was taught by serial entrepreneurs. And so I applied for the program and actually was accepted and have to try again. And what it did, it gave me that foundation. So this is the skills and knowledge to actual because as a scientist, I had no training in business. I didn't even know. I didn't know what a balance sheet was. I didn't know what p and L statement was. I didn't know any of that. Right. And so it gave me that foundation to actually have the confidence to launch my own business. And not only that, it also gave me a network to tap into. Right. And so when I talk about skill and knowledge and passion, that's what it is. It's like really thinking about and looking into yourself saying, okay, where do I have gaps. And then when opportunities present itself going after it and saying, Hey, you know, Maybe this is something that could help fill that gap. So hopefully that answered your question. Again, I went around in a roundabout way.
1: <laughs> no, so it's fine. And, and uh, as you're speaking with us, uh, you really are um, giving us a, a really good picture of uh, how it is that uh, the the idea of curiosity and action really, uh, you you said it, you said lead with curiosity, but it, it isn't the only component that has to be in place. The alignment is, is critically important to that curiosity leading to uh, a desired end that's gonna make a difference. And, and so let's pivot just a little bit and talk about Uh, career and pipeline
0: you're listening to high tech sunday featuring dr mark vaughn and our special guest president and ceo of advancing synergy and co-founder of health tech alley dr Artie patel varanasi now back to the show
1: have been able to successfully navigate through undergrad, graduate school, entrepreneurship, industry, PhD, what would you say has been key to your success? And and what would you tell a young person who was interested in, so to speak, following in your footsteps? What would you tell him or her uh, as far as uh, advice Uh, that they would want to perhaps consider uh, as they embark upon their own journey?
2: Yeah, so I think um, that's a great question. And, you know, I'm just kind of thinking back of the different elements. I think, um, you know, starting with my parents who strongly believed in education, right? So that opportunity was always there to kind of grow our minds and have that I think I was always um, kind of a self starter so you know I guess that curiosity from a young age but also having wonderful educators and mentors along the way or you know taking advantage of the opportunities that were there and challenging myself even though if I didn't know that I was challenging myself you know so you know I talked about high school I was involved in like science fair projects my high school biology, biology teacher she was awesome you know she just really um, instilled this love of learning and really taught us how to ask questions and how to learn, which I think is really important, right Because it's not just about memorizing things or you know just um, doing that, but it's embracing this love of learning and also learning how to learn. so you can pick up any subject, right? I think that's kind of what maybe has made me help to make me successful as I think about it is being able to broach any subject and just say, okay, I'm going to learn this, right? And then as I was going through um, my Ph.D., you know, having uh, multiple mentors um, who were really instrumental in that, too, and also supporting. You know, I mentioned I was doing these other activities. They were not single minded and saying, "Okay, you just got to work in the lab. You need to focus on this, but understood that I had other interests and and enabled me to actually explore those. I think that's important, too, because sometimes, especially in the STEM field, sometimes you can get very siloed. And single-minded and you kind of have to be too to a certain extent because if you're working on i don't know you know engineer or scientist working well on the COVID vaccine for example right or like you know um building the next space the you know spaceship or whatever you have to be single-minded and focused on that because it's very detailed oriented so you know being able to have the ability to do that but then to be able to branch out right and then you know, as I think about, as I've moved through my career, being in those kind of supportive environments where I felt secure, I never really questioned my abilities, right? That, that never necessarily came in. And so when it did come in, like, for example, when I have rejections and things like that, of course I was upset and was like, what? This is, you know, but at the same time, I was able to come back and, and move forward, you know? So I think, surrounding yourself with positive individuals, those that are gonna support you, having confidence in your abilities, and knowing that there, you may have bumps along the way, but, but you can still you can get through this. And knowing that also, sometimes the individuals that, are, that you think may be your advisors or mentors may not be the best, that may not be aligned, right? So that's okay, because you may need multiple people that are gonna help you along your path. So, part of this is also understanding what individuals are gonna be able to support you in and what they may not be able to support you in. And don't expect everything from one individual. And this is where the curiosity comes ask questions, you know, kind of seek out those opportunities. And sometimes it's really scary. And even myself, I'm an introvert. You may have guessed, you may have not, but, you know, by like nature, I'm an introvert. And so sometimes when I'm in a group of people that I don't know, It's scary for me to go and ask questions. but I kind of have to force myself to do it. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten better at it, but it's still there if I, you know, I'm meeting someone like, you know, they don't really have time to talk to me. I don't want to bother them, right? But for the most part, 99.9% of people love talking to other people and want to help. And especially if they're young people who are interested in where their careers are going to go and like their journey forward, I think, you know, people are excited to help you out. So my advice would be to just put yourself out there, ask questions and, you know, and be thoughtful and mindful in how you do that as it ties into your own curiosity and lining your passion skills and knowledge. So
1: that's great.
2: my two cents of advice.
1: (laughs) And it was two cents, but it was worth a whole lot more than that. So so we. I got a few more questions. It's, it's, it's crazy how quickly our time is flying, but we are, as we are talking, still reflecting upon the really inspirational time that so many of us had as we were able to engage in this year's Women of Color STEM Conference that is, of course, presented by Career Communications Group. You are a woman of color in STEM. Uh, What is the best advice that you can give a a young person, male or female, in STEM in particular, who will inevitably encounter challenges based on their race or their gender or their sexuality? What would you say to them to help them stay the course?
2: So, you know, and and I've seen this, right? And this was part of my, uh, and I experienced it myself, even though probably at the time I didn't quite realize it because you're not necessarily thinking in that mindset. But part of the reason with those organizations that I mentioned that supported the professional development of postdoctoral fellows and graduate students was to be able to create support systems, right? So, you know, and I saw individuals leaving the lab or leaving science because of the challenges that they had. And it made me very sad because I felt like if, not going to get emotional, but if this is something that you really is in your heart and it's what you want to do, there's no reason that others should stand in your way, right? They should be supporting you. And so it is hard sometimes if you're in that situation to take a step back and say, you know, what is the support system that I need? Or who are those allies that I can find who are going to support me in this process, right? Because there's always an option. And I believe that right, it might be tough to find that option. Right. So you know, my advice is as a person of color in STEM, or we need you, right? We need those diverse opinions. And we need those advocates. And you know, I didn't talk too much about that. But being an advocate, is central to my passion also, right? And that comes in many shapes and forms, but we, we need that voice and that perspective. So if this is your passion, if this is what you're really good at, where your skills and knowledge lie, then you you have to persevere, right? Not only for yourself, but for the greater community. And part of that is, is sorting out and figuring out whether it's at your school, your workplace, your institution, your community, who are those allies? And if you are in a negative situation, Figuring out how you remove yourself from that, and then finding where you're going to be supported. And there are individuals out there, myself included, who would be happy to support and guide you in that process. And yeah, I just think this is a tremendous time to be, you know, in science, in health, in STEM. There's just so many cool opportunities. And there's no reason that if this is what you want to do that you shouldn't be able to do it, and there are you know programs out there that support. individuals of you know color in stem it's still challenging in many places i'm not gonna you know pretend that it's not, but we can get through those challenges together and so help us help you would be my message.
1: That was a great message um, for, for that question. Uh, and I want to get one more question, and I know that we're coming up against sure. the hour. Happy to. Uh, but so so really quickly, and I love this question, it's kind of fun. What advice would you give to 12-year-old Artie? What do you know now? that you wish you had known then
2: yeah that that's a great question so i'm thinking back so when i was 12 i was in sixth grade right so and it was a time yeah it was we were actually living in ohio at the time and then had moved to north carolina after that so what advice would i give her um so one piece of advice it was feasts, which has nothing to necessarily do with stem but it does because it ties into steam and the arts. I played the clarinet in fifth and sixth grade and when we moved to North Carolina. My parents were like oh they have all these other electives because it was a small town in Ohio right where I grew up. And um, they didn't have much, but you know I took band, I was playing the clarinet, and then we moved to North Carolina I could take algebra as an elective. So that's what I did. And I gave up my clarinet plane. So, (laughs) you know, I think, you know, don't give up your hobbies either, right? Because it's a dimension of you. So maybe one of these days, I'll take it up again. But, you know, part of that is the advice is to, you know, stay open, continue to be curious, you know, there are going to be challenges that you face as you move forward. But don't, that's okay, you'll be able to overcome them. Right. And, you know, do do what you like and do well in school, continue to do well in school, continue to challenge yourself, right. Build a strong foundation for yourself, right. That you continue to build on throughout your career and learning is lifelong. So don't necessarily see them as this is the end, this is end, but it's something that you're going to continue to build on as you go through life and, you know, kind of, and stay up open to opportunities you know and and have fun right because if you're not having fun then something is is off in that whole alignment right so whatever you do make sure you're having fun because if you're having fun then it's not necessarily even you know it's yeah you're going to keep wanting to do it and that's where we do great things
1: exactly uh if, if you're having fun it doesn't feel like work and,
2: exactly.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. And so I'm with you on all of that. You said stay open and make sure you're having fun. We are so grateful to have had the opportunity to speak with you today, Dr. Varanasi. Uh, we want you to take the closing moments of uh, our time though to uh, kind of get back on that elevator and as we're as we're ending our visit and we're heading back out to uh, work and school and all the things that uh, fill our lives we'd really like for you to give some final words of encouragement to close us out but before we do that uh, would you share with us contact information website social media uh, however, uh, it is that folks can uh, stay connected maybe with Advancing Synergy or Health Tech Alley or or in any other way. Could you give us that information?
2: Yeah, so both websites have um, contact information. So Advancing Synergy's um, website is www.advancingsynergy.com. Um, Health Tech Alley's website is www.healthtechalley.org. Uh, my email, I think that's the best way to reach out. Um, at both of them, it's either avaranasi at synergy.com or avaranasi at helptechalley.org. So both first initial, last name, and then you know happy to connect. If you do reach out to me via email, if I don't respond right away, feel free to ping me again. Sometimes emails get lost in my inbox and I apologize for that. Social media, I am on LinkedIn, so you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, Other social media, I'm I'm still trying to get the hang of all that, so it's not the best best place to find me.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. So so what final words of encouragement would you share as we wrap up our conversation?
2: You know, I kind of said it in the last piece, so final words of encouragement is don't get discouraged. Sometimes, you know, life can throw us curveballs um stay curious you know be informed at be an advocate for yourself right sometimes we feel like oh you know i can't do that or what that but you know you have before you can be an advocate for others you also have to be an advocate for yourself right it goes back to be taking care of yourself first before you try and take care of others too and sometimes that's easier said than done i'm not sure i always follow my own advice but you know, I think that that is important. And then the other piece is sometimes, you know, we have to push ourselves a little bit out of our comfort zone, right? To and And that's part of that curiosity piece. And I didn't talk much about that. So maybe that's for a future conversation. But, you know, you may be in situations where you're uncomfortable, right? But that's okay. You can ask the questions, you learn, and then you move forward. You know, and at the end of the day, like I said, You know, make sure you're having fun, you might not have fun every single moment, but it's a collective piece of it right. That you're having fun and you're moving forward and do check ins with yourself to make sure and know. That there is a community out there that is supporting you, it may be the people that you see and interact with every day, and it may be these people that you meet in a virtual world like this, but we all support you and wish you much success. And um, you know, you're our future and I have great faith that um we're just gonna grow and be better and stronger as a community together. So good luck to all of you and wonderful to be here with all of you today, Dr. Vaughn. And again, thank you so much for the um opportunity to share. I really appreciate it.
1: Wow, what a what a great way to wrap up. Dr. Ardi Patel Varanasi, it has been a pleasure and we look forward to continuing to apply uh, the learnings that you have uh, reminded us of with respect to curiosity and action and the alignment that is necessary as we move forward Uh, because you just said it, ask the question, learn, move forward. Great segment, great message. Thank you so much. Brandon Newbie, we're going to turn it back over to you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of High Tech Sunday. Career Communications Group's High Tech Sunday looks at professional development and technology through the lens of spiritual philosophies. In a time when digital information is more critical than ever, this weekly program is produced by and for CCG's community of alumni and professionals in science, technology, engineering, and math fields. The community runs from national thought leaders to aspiring students. And this weekly series aims to bring a concentrated discussion around technological advancements and achievements based on universal moral principles. The one hour podcast will be streamed every Sunday. The podcast can be accessed through the of Facebook page, Women of Color Facebook page, and CCG YouTube page, in addition to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Please join us next time.